Hi, you are listening to Asian Skycast, the show that brings you the most updated aviation industry insight. Hi, I'm Alan Davis. I'm the uh, Media and Communications Director here at Asian Sky Group and Asian Sky Media. And I'm delighted today uh, to join by Gary Dolsky, the CEO of Hong Kong-based Metrojet. Gary, how are you? Oh, life life is good, Alan. Thank you very much. And yourself? Uh, yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Just settling down into into Hong Kong. Well, well welcome to uh, to an incredible city, an incredible country out here. And uh, I know you're going to have a lot of fun. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. So last year um, was a pretty tough year for, for most people. Um, how was it for Metrojet? Um, well, I, I, I think we're pretty consistent with the norm. Um, it, it was a very tough environment for for you know for our staff, our clients, business in in general. Um, you know, I think the, you know when you look at it, the the impact of the pandemic was felt on 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 all fronts. And and you know we we prioritized the safety of our our, our staff, our clients, our partners, their families. That that was first and foremost what we had to do. And really, once you get that secure, then you can actually take a look over your shoulder and say, um, how's the business doing, right? And when you look at it flying was significantly down. And so I think we were quite consistent with everyone else. We probably were looking at, at close to an 80% uh, uh, reduction in, in, in our flying business, on aircraft management business. Um, however, whenever there's a downside on something, there's an upside. And we actually had a bit of an uptick on our on our, on our maintenance because with, with more aircraft parked on the ground, you have more opportunities to do scheduled maintenance checks. And uh, what also made it interesting for us was um, our budget was actually set pre-COVID because our fiscal year isn't running with the calendar year. It ends in, in March. And so when we had set it, we, we hadn't anticipated COVID to come in. But I, I will tell you, um, though, without a doubt, our our, uh, our top line didn't grow. We managed our bottom line very, very well. And the team did a great job on that. So I'm very proud on how all the staff responded and worked together, kept us safe. And uh, we actually had a reasonably good year this past year. And were you, were you able to add any new sort of management clients? I saw a I saw a press release last week. I think it was about uh, I think it was a tenth G six fifty joining the fleet. Yeah, so we were able to win business, and and so uh, even though the business environment wasn't uh, wasn't easy on the aircraft management side, we were fortunate fortunate that we did win a few customers. Uh, that being said, you know, conversely, there was a few that uh, that left us as well. But we were able to start the year and end the year basically on the same number. So I actually feel in this this kind of an environment, it was quite an accomplishment. And uh, on the maintenance side, it, it started good in the beginning, slowed down in the middle, and, and we ended up gangbusters at the back end of the year. So really out of out of uh, aircraft management, we did well. The Hong Kong environment did well. And the other thing, when aircraft start to be parked for a long period of time, you know, they get dirty and there's corrosion issues. So we actually have done a fair amount of cleaning and doing checks on that as well. So. Uh, we're still a bit optimistic going forward into this year. Mm. And is that maintenance trend something that you, you've seen continuing so far this year? Yeah, it, it, it will. Um, what, what will be very important, though, is um, all the calendar checks always remain there. But really, all, all the MROs are looking, uh, you, know, you want to get the business when aircraft are flying. The more aircraft fly, um, the more hours they put on, the more checks you have to do. So. We're actually hoping with uh, with hopefully the continuation of, of all the vaccinations and everything happening, that the skies will open up, there'll be more flying, and then that'll also equate to more maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I guess it's a, a good time to be um, expanding upon your clock business as well. Uh, it, uh, 
this is actually a very uh, uh, opportune time to have this discussion with you. So um, as of uh, as of yesterday, which was the 22nd of, of, of April, um, we had the FAA audit at our brand new facility in, in Clark and it went very well. And we uh, uh, they, they basically we, we have a verbal approval and we're waiting for the, the letter in the mail. Uh, to, to say that we um, that we have passed our audit and, and the FAA has actually given us an email where where they've uh, authorized us to move fully in and uh, we could turn a wrench if we so uh, so desire. So we are looking forward to uh, getting everything ready and, and starting for a um, for a soft opening uh, in, in in the May timeframe. I was just about to say about a sort of a grand opening type thing. I guess it's a bit of a shame with all of the restrictions in place because presumably you won't be able to go across there, or at least if you do, you'll have to spend two weeks in quarantine in in um, the Philippines, and then I guess three weeks here. Yeah, and 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 that's a problem. So what we will do, and and the key is uh, to keep everyone safe, obviously, and and um, uh, working with uh, with Kitty from marketing. We will we will plan a, a grand opening, whether or not it's at the back end of this year, whether it's the beginning of the following year, will really depend on on how the skies open up. And and for for us for business, uh, we can be open. The key is to be able to get aircraft in safely, get crew in, get crew out, um, and that that'll be able to start because as you're aware, the Philippines has been hit quite heavily, especially recently uh, uh, in the COVID pandemic environment. Uh, so we have to manage that. We have to make sure all of our staff stay safe. And in terms of that, make sure that our clients and, and the pilots stay safe as well. Absolutely. And and so how much more space do you have then at, at Clark once once the... Oh, it's, 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 it's significantly bigger. So, um, and it's an amazing facility. So it's, it's uh, the new facility is uh, about 7,000 square meters, a bit more, I think probably closer to 7,100. We have 2,000 square meters of uh, back shops and office space. Uh, an 11,000 square meter ramp up front. Um, we can park 10 aircraft inside. We can park probably about another six or eight aircraft outside. It's um, it's an absolute state-of-the-art hangar. It, it's been manufactured for us by a company called Airport Support Industries, ASI. Um, I, I was very fortunate in a previous life when I when I headed up jet aviation in, in, uh, in Asia based out of Singapore. And at the time uh, with ASI built what I, I feel was was by far the best aviation hangar in in uh, in Asia, and now I have to say I my my view somewhat biased is it's now sitting in in Clark in the Philippines. Uh, you know it's it's a phenomenal facility. It's a freestanding facility. It has uh, the uh, the highest level of fire suppression system available. It's earthquake monsoon rated. Uh, it's a wonderful facility. Just over an hour flight away from Hong Kong. You know, parking is probably anywhere from a quarter to an eighth of the price of what you can park if you could even get parking in a hangar in Hong Kong. So we're actually quite excited about it. It'll be an amazing facility. We have great leadership there. Um, and now that we have our, our FAA approval, um, we're absolutely looking forward to what this year will bring. And, and once it does become operational, will you look at expanding upon the country approvals and the, and the OEM approvals? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, we'll transfer the, the the current approvals that we have in the in the current facility, which we will be handing back in the next month to uh, the airport authority, LIPAD. Um, the ones that I would say that that will be up and coming that that we are really going to focus on at the back end of this year, once we get fully set up, will be to get our for our China BRC AAC approval. That'll be a big one for us. But the one thing we've always strived to do is. Uh, 
under promise and over deliver. So we have a brand new facility. We'll start parking aircraft. We'll start working on the aircraft that we know. We'll build up our approval types. Um, the nice thing about having uh, being under the employ of, of the Kaduri family, it's an incredibly long-term view. So you know, our facility there is a 25-year lease with a 25-year option, so it's 50 years. So we look at things very long-term. Uh, the pandemic is going to be a blip, um, and we're just going to go things very slow and work it through. The benefit of working for a family such as uh, Sir Michael's family is, um, with that long-term view, it's not how did I do this month? How did I do this quarter? But what are you doing long-term? And if you can build a safe uh, and, and profitable operation slowly and surely, that's and that's what we're going to do. Mm, absolutely. And is there, is there more room at um, Clark if you need to expand in the future? Yes, there is. So we're, we're fortunate on either side of us we can grow. Um, the airport itself is, uh, is undergoing a, a new terminal expansion. It's an international airport. Um, uh, to me, uh, the reason we went there and we had done a, a very detailed review and actually uh, we, we had the assistance of uh, Asia Sky Group in, in helping us with our business case and doing all of our research. And, and when we selected uh, to, to put our facility in Clark and, and stay in Clark, um, just geographic location, it's a wonderful location. Um, to me, it's far enough away from Singapore and it's complementary to Singapore because I still, personally, I still believe Singapore is, is an absolute incredible aviation hub for business aircraft in Salita. Um, but for us to try and go into there, it's, it's a pretty saturated market. And why would you want to do that? Um, I'm not there to, to look at a piece of pie and just take somebody's piece of the pie. I, I've always been the type that, how do we grow the pie? And, you know, we're, we're three and a half hours away from Singapore. We're, we're right on the cusp of, of China, Hong Kong, and the northern part of, of, of Southeast Asia. So there's absolute room to be complementary, and and I'd say not even non-competitive with 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 those in 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 Singapore, because with the aircraft that we can draw for small checks, you don't need to go and fly three and a half hours to to have your one-year inspection. You know you're going to spend three times as much flying the aircraft. So. Um, I, I'm very much looking forward to working with the OEMs. We have a very strong relationship with Gulfstream. Um, I had many, many years working with Bombardier. Our leadership team in, in Clark has worked with uh, Bombardier. So, you know, I, I believe with what we do with, with Gulfstream, how we can help Bombardier, Dassault, Airbus and, 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 uh, and Boeing, we're in a really good location where we are. Absolutely. And, and so there seems to be some, um, I'm sure, very friendly competition between Clark and, and Subic Bay. Um, do you think both can sort of uh, survive? Both can prosper? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So, you know, I, I alluded, uh, uh, no pun intended, but I, I alluded previously that, um, and, and I've done this all my career, I, I, I work with people. And uh, my view is, uh, you know, whether it's ACTSI or whoever else may be sitting in Subic, um, we're there to grow the market together. You know what, if, if one of their planes is down in us and they need help, I'll be the first one to go out and help. Um, the Philippines is in a great location. And so our goal should be is to help the OEMs sell more airplanes. And the way you sell more airplanes is provide good support. And if you can both provide good support, the pie gets bigger. So by default, your share of that pie gets bigger. So you don't have to go hammer it, it, it. You don't have to go hammer away at each other. You know, in Hong Kong, um, we work incredibly well with jet aviation and tank. 
Um, and if they need some tooling, we'll lend them tooling, vice versa. If they need some people, we'll help them with people. They'll help us with people. So if you do that, the market grows, everyone benefits. And so that that's always been my, my way. I think um, we're in a very good location. We picked here for a number of reasons. Uh, other people have, have picked Subic for a number of reasons. I, I, it's just ways to complement each other and help each other. Mm. And, and you mentioned people earlier on. Um, the Philippines is obviously seen as a lower income country. Um, I was just wondering if there were any sort of programs in place at Metrojet to sort of bring local talent in and sort of train them up. Yes. So we're already actually doing that. So one of, one of the other reasons that um, that we selected to, to remain in the Philippines is you're probably aware the Philippines, the number one export for the Philippines is labor. That's the number one export. And um, there is some incredibly good talent all around the world, all around the world, Filipino labor working all around and whether or not it's in the Middle East, Europe, other parts of Asia. And we've already been able to bring, we kind of call it the not, not to take Bombardier's statement of bring it home, but but that's what we're trying to do with um, uh, with the with with the staff and the employees. Is people that normally have only been able to see their families for two for two weeks out of the year, um, we can provide uh, a, a very good living, very good wage within a, a low cost value structure that people to come back home. So our emphasis, as it has been, even in Hong Kong, to hire local. We do the same thing in the Philippines. There will always need to be a bit of a mix of, of Western or expat and local, but our goal is to really drive and grow the local talent pool, bring the people that have had experience in an international environment from the outside, bring them back and, and grow the local talent. We'll also work with the different uh, authorities to start our own uh, uh, training and apprentice program. So we already have some junior technicians and our goal is to is to hire anywhere from two to four junior technicians and bring them up to a, a, an FAA AMP standard, send them over and, and get their accreditation and, and just grow the market that way. Hmm. And so going back to, to Hong Kong, um, obviously, we've already spoken about how last year was a fairly tough year for everybody um, all around. Is there much scope for you to grow your business in Hong Kong? Yeah, no, that's... Um, that's that's an interesting question. My my view is yes, um, and we're actually looking at working complementary because the idea of putting up our facility in Clark was to really start picking up more of the the heavier check work, whether or not it's six C inspection, eight C inspections, etc. Um, and to really become and look at the market in Hong Kong and maybe just make it as a hub for AOGs and line maintenance. Um, however. Uh, one of the things that we have focused on within the company is in, in our strategic planning is um, is our succession planning, our high potential development, and and, uh, and as we have a great leader uh, in in, in Sarath by by Kooten in in um, Clark, uh, we have we uh, we have uh, uh, Dave Yip leading our team in Hong Kong, and and he's really brought a good. Uh, view on how can we grow our business there. And, and again, we've done a few 8C checks already in Hong Kong. The key driver there is all, it's always been very expensive to get parking. And, and that was one of the things that was very difficult is if you're going to have an aircraft down for a long time. But we've worked some good ways to uh, to get those costs down. So I actually look at it as being very complimentary. And, and I will use Hong Kong and Clark um, and try and win business in either. And the nice thing for us is we look at it as one set of pants. So there may be a pocket that says Clark, there may be a pocket that says Hong Kong, 
But if it's all in the same pair of pants, I don't care where the business is really driving to. And um, because we have good relationships with the Jets and the Tags, you know what, if they win some big work and they need some labor, instead of having our guys and gals standing not doing anything, we'll help them. I think they'll help us. So with the market growing, you know, you see a lot more of the bigger aircraft. You see the the, the Gulfstream 500, 600, 700. You now see the, the, the Bombardier 7500s. You're going to get a lot more aircraft coming in. You know, this, this pandemic, um, the billionaires of the world have made huge money. You know, the, the 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 top 50 billionaires in Singapore alone, their net worth has gone up 36 billion in the last year. So the same thing will be said in other areas. So more aircraft will be coming in and we just need to find ways to service them. Uh, if the big work ends up going to Singapore or back to home base, that's fine. But I think there's definite room within Hong Kong and Clark and Singapore and wherever else to help support. What would you think about um going down to Singapore and setting up a facility there? Um, the short answer would be no. Um, it's it's being handled very well, I believe, by if you take a look at, uh, you know, the, what Jet Aviation has done with Hawker, they've got a very good alignment there to take care of the Gulfstream product. Bombardier's just built a huge facility there. Um, Salida is, it's, a, it's an amazing facility, great government support. And again, to come in there and, and take a, try and take a piece of a pie from basically two AM supports. Um, it really, I look at that and on a business case, doesn't make sense. Now, is there room to do aircraft management and other things? Absolutely. Um, you take a look at Subang in Malaysia. My view is, is that there's, you know, what ExecuJet is doing there and, and some of the others, there's room to grow and, and help support the region outside of Singapore. So will we look at maybe some complementary style businesses? Yes, but to go head to head, I, I don't think we need to do that. I'd, I'd rather support the OEMs three and a half hours away instead of trying to fight for somebody's piece of a pie in an area already. It does, doesn't make business sense. Mm. And so I was actually going to ask you if you'd, I mean, last year, obviously, um, presumably not much growth came from anywhere. But but prior to that, were you seeing much growth in Southeast Asia and in sort of Singapore, Malaysia, maybe Vietnam, places like that? Yes. Um, so Vietnam, I believe, is, is, is a good hot area. Um, Taiwan. Um, now, yeah, I look at Malaysia, I look at Indonesia, I see there's growth over there as well. A um, couple of things we have to look at is similar to, I would say, in Hong Kong and Singapore. The governments there tend to be incredibly supportive. You know what you're getting into. In some of the other areas of the world, you, you have to take a step back and say, um, how easy is it to do business in these regions? And can we do business in the way that we want to do business? And I'm not saying there's necessarily a right or a wrong way, but but different companies do businesses a certain way. Um, and so our view, to be quite frank, is and you know if we're looking at our growth for this year, um, I've, I've now been uh, four years with Metrojet, and we finished our and three and a half years as CEO, and we just finished our, our initial three-year plan. We just instituted our second three-year plan, and it is to look in the region to see where else we can expand. But the main focus will be is to get Clark up and running and profitable. However, there are other regions that we can do, whether or not it's a, a, a line station, whether or not it's an alignment with maybe a, um, a different operator. You know, there's there's different operators based out of Jakarta, out of, out of KL, and if we have planes flying there and they can help me, why not? And if they have planes coming in my region, 
why can't I help them? And so you can get a reciprocal agreement um, where it's, you're basically, you're helping each other. So to go into somebody's backyard, unless there's a big enough business base to grow it, um, I, I, I'd rather look at, 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 at growing my business where I'm comfortable and, and making friends with in areas that I don't know the business that well. And then we can see if maybe then there can be a joint venture, something of that magnitude. And, and will that be the main focus, that and uh, growing Clark in, in this next three-year plan? Yeah, so, so the next three years is definitely is um, our, our aircraft management business is solid. We do a very good job. Um, what's interesting, you know, as, as Metrojet and part of the Kaduri family, we're, we're now in our 24th year. We're the longest uh, basic, uh, basically business aircraft operator in the region. We celebrate our 25th year June next year. So we obviously are going to have some, you know, Kitty's going to work with us and have some really good plans on that. We'll focus on aircraft management, continue to maintain the safe way we do our business. On the maintenance side is to look at um, um, solidifying what we do in Hong Kong and in Clark. We have a couple thoughts on some other line stations in the region. Uh, and then again, when we look at Clark, as that airport will grow, there's the potential to look at FBOs, um, heli heliports, because um, as the industry is now, it isn't just long-term flying. So what COVID has also brought to the, to the forefront is people in regions are now look at smaller jets to, to, to fly. And that could be, you know, I, I see an uptick in charter, in uh, card memberships, in, in uh, fractional ownership. And people are looking, for instance, in the Philippines, um, instead of you, you, you don't need a Global Express or, or, or a 650, you, you may need something smaller like a PC-24, uh, uh, you know, a Honda jet to, to fly around from island hopping. Um, and there's a market there now. The, the millionaires that, that were never flying before uh, corporate or business are now looking at that. Right? So I think there's a, that, there's a good room growth for market there, which will help um, anyone that's managing an aircraft, anyone that's interested in fractional and also in maintaining aircraft and the FBO business. Okay, perfect. I think that's probably a perfect um, note to end end our conversation with. Perfect. So um, I, I want to thank you incredibly much for the, for the time as always, and uh, and please stay well and and all the best being in Hong Kong and uh, and stay healthy through this pandemic. That's very kind. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. Okay, all the best, Lou. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Asian Skycast. Make sure to visit our website, Asian Sky Media, where you can subscribe to the show on your phone or via RSS.